All right. Romans 6. Romans chapter number 6. Okay. Romans on your sheet up at the top. Romans 1.18 through Romans 3.20 is speaking of what? What is, what is that um, section speaking towards? Yes, but there, it's a, that's correct, but there's a specific word that that's titled with. Yes, it's got an... Yeah, shun. So we are what? Under condemnation. Okay, so that first section between 118 and 320, you can title that as... Uh, the condemnation, okay? That's where we, uh, as unbelievers, fall. All right, so uh, here in a couple weeks, um, it probably is going to be in January, we're going to uh, do another uh, question and answer type time on from where we are uh, which will probably be somewhere close. We'll be starting chapter 7 most likely. So we're going to go and I'm going to ask questions. So if someone were to give you this question, how would you answer it in Romans? So we're going to do that again. And I'm going to do that throughout uh, the book of Romans so that the, the thing about Romans that is so vital towards the believer is it will answer just, it will answer every question we have that will come to us as believers as far as um, salvation, justification, and all of those things, okay? And so we want to have it in our heads where if the question comes up, we have a rough idea of least where to go in our Bibles to be able to explain our position on uh, homosexuality, on, on various different things. So Romans 3.21 through 5.21 speaks to what? Justification, okay? So justification is the primary focus of that chapter, which we just ended. And uh, as we know, Paul um, really slowly, methodically went through and taught uh, on justification. Now Romans 6 through Romans 8.39, which is the end of chapter 8, uh, speaks to what? Do we know? Besides Dean, he should know. <laughs> so what would the what would be the words? So we have condemnation, we have justification, and Sanctification, very good, okay? So this section uh, that we're going to get into uh, briefly today is about our sanctified life, okay? And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look at verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to do a Bible study together on sanctification and the two aspects of sanctification. And so how this is going to work today is you can see I put on the, the chapters uh, or the, the books of the Bible um, and we're all going to actually turn to these. We're going to read them and we're going to discuss together as a group uh, what part of sanctification these are and, and how we can understand that these are uh, and what they're saying and how they are part of uh, the Christian's life and, and an important part. Okay? So, Romans 6, verses 1 and 2, uh, we'll, we'll just read that real quick. What shall we say then? Alright, we'll stop there. So, Paul here, uh, as he has done several times already, starts off with a question that he supposes uh, is going to arise from what he just taught in chapter 5. Okay? So what he's doing is he's answering a question 
um, that he believes is going to come up before it even comes up. So a lot of times, uh, I was watch, or one of the guys that I um, study and, and learn from while I'm going through this said a lot of times he, um, when he's preaching, will answer all of the questions so that he won't get cornered out in the lobby with a bunch of questions. So he's just going to answer them all from the pulpit so that you don't have, uh, that you don't corner him later. And that's kind of what Paul's doing. He He's said a bunch of stuff here in chapter 5, and then he closes chapter 5 with the, the last two verses. The law came in so that transgressions would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Okay, And then it says, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the idea here and what was going on in Paul's day and even what goes on in our day is the understanding of I am justified, I am right standing before God, and because of that, there is grace in my life, and because there is grace and because I am justified, I can kind of live however I want and the grace will abound, and I can, um, you know, there's no consequences. And actually, uh, the idea is that God will be more glorified because He sheds more grace on me the more I sin. Okay, that is a very humanistic, self-centered way of looking at grace. Grace is not given to us, and Paul is going to go into that, but that was what Paul's argument here in verse number 6 is. So when he says, what shall we say then? So he gives this question, and that is referring to the two verses that I just read, that grace will increase the more transgressions increase. The more that we sin, the greater God's grace is revealed, and so people were, might be thinking uh, down the road of, well, sweet, I can just sin and God's grace will be more evident in my life because He's showing grace to me the more I sin. Um, and nothing could be farther from the truth. Yes, ma'am. Define grace. Unmerited favor. So grace is some, getting something that I don't deserve. Okay. Something right, so the it's a wrong understanding. So God's given us grace. We don't deserve His love, His passion, His His forgiveness. All of that is grace. The oftentimes uh, the way it's explained is if you're driving too fast and you get a ticket uh, and you get pulled or you get pulled over and the police officer says, "Hey, um, you know you were going." 25 miles over the speed limit because we know you're a speed demon, Joe. Uh, um, so, and hold on a second, Steve. And um, the police officer comes up and you should get a ticket, um, but you don't. That's mercy. Okay, not getting something you deserve is mercy. Okay, we deserve what? We deserve punishment, so that's mercy. Grace is getting something. Um, not let me see. I'm getting right. I'm getting the two messed. Right. Yes. Okay. So getting something we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting something we do deserve. So grace is. Giving us something that we don't deserve. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve His love. We don't deserve uh, anything that God gives us. That's grace. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. So those two, that's how that works. Yes, sir? Okay. All right, so um, that is what Paul is driving force to this morning or in, in this chapter. Um, in chapter 6, 7, and 8, he really slows down and tries to give a very um, clear understanding of 
how we are to think and live as Christians. Yes, sir. Yes, Mike has one. Your first three blanks there, Joseph, is condemnation, justification, and sanctification. Okay. All right. So, what shall we say then? That's referring to those top two or those ending two verses. Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? So this is the question Paul is anticipating is coming to him. Should we just continue sinning so that grace may increase? And so this is the very pharisaical, very uh, egotistical, self-centered way of looking at sin and grace that we would think in ourselves that the more I sin, the more God's going to be glorified because His grace will increase in my life. And so when we see verse number 2, as you can see the title of the, the lesson today is May It Never Be, we have to understand if, if let's say that the majority of you in this class were believing that way, and Paul was up here, understand this is the tone and un- the, the language that Paul would use. May it never be said. It's not, you know, it's not right thinking. Paul is emphatically saying, may it never be. Grace is not designed so that we can sin more. And Paul, began, he, Paul threw really in chapter 6, really hits hard on this. And we're going to see this as we uncover uh, sanctification today. That Paul and John and all through the epistles uh, we find sanctification is uh, us moving towards God and away from sin. Away from sin, not moving towards sin so that grace can increase. Okay, so Paul, uh, Paul uses this word, may it never be, several, several times in the book of Romans. And it's used to give a very strong, absolutely not. There is no, there's no wiggle room on this. There's no gray area on this. He is emphatically saying, may it never be said that great, we should sin more so grace can increase. And then he, he ends the verse here, this little uh, section, with how shall we, who is the we? These are important distinctions. Who is the we? Believers, right? Who, how shall we who are believers who died to sin still live in it? So Paul, understanding that someone's going to come up and say, hey, you said that grace is going to increase the more I sin, so sweet, I'm going to live in sin and enjoy it. That is what Paul's, or how can we who died. Now, we're going to talk just a minute about what does the word died here mean? This section in chapter 6, 1 through 11, uh, says died, or death, 14 times. Okay, 14 times Paul references death between verses 1 through uh, 11, and he references life seven times in that, and we're going to get into that more next week and the week following, but this, uh, this week we're going to focus on uh, these two verses and then looking at sanctification. So what do we believe, what do you think that we have, when Paul says, how shall we who died to sin, live any longer in it. What is that referring to? What, 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 what does the word died mean? What, what is Paul meaning when he says we have died to sin? What's that? Okay. So, if we say it is no more, your three blanks are condemnation, justification, and sanctification up at the top. Um, 
if we say that we have died to sin, does that mean we no longer sin? Okay, so we, we can take that off the ballot, right? We, we are still sinners, right? Anyone not sinning anymore? I'd like to talk to you, figure out how you achieved that. Okay, so, okay. What shall we say who died to sin? Okay, the word here, and, and it goes closely what you were saying, Jess, the word here is died to the bondage of sin. The bondage of that sin. Okay? So before, when we lived in chapter uh, 1 through 3, 21, we were what? Completely bound by sin. Our nature was under sin and we were controlled, we were imprisoned, we were shackled. Uh, completely bound and could do nothing but sin. That is what Romans 3 is referring to. So when Paul says, you who are dead to sin, it is those shackles of sin, that condemnation that we lived under, the prison that we were under, we are now dead to that. That is gone away. We no longer... Uh, live under sin, but we live under grace. Now, Paul is going to, and we're going to endeavor to explain how then does the, the Christian still sin, and we'll get into that, okay? But what the biggest point that what we want to make here is how shall we who, live, uh, who died to sin still live in it? it? The idea given is that we are planted in sin and we are staying in our sinful lust and desires with without or and we, we don't have to because we have been set free from the bondage of sin before salvation we could do only only thing that we could do was sin now that we're saved we are freed to make the right choice towards righteousness, towards holiness, towards uh, a God-centered, God-filled life. And that's the direction we're going to go when we start talking about sanctification. That we are being sanctified into Christ. We no longer have to live in our former lusts, in our former life. Uh, the Romans 3, uh, 10 you know, uh, that whole section that I constantly re reference. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who do, who uh, understand. There is none who seek after God. That section is explaining you and I to a T before salvation. That is the only way we lived is under that uh, condemnation. And we could never get out of it on our own. God, through justification, has brought us out of that, and we no longer live in it. Okay, so that is the section. Now we're going to we're going to uh, refer back to this as we get into our next section here that I want to uh, get in because I believe understanding sanctification as much as we can in the time that we have is very important. Okay. So, the Bible, uh, what does the Bible say about sanctification? That sanctification is your blank there. Okay, we are sanctified positionally. Okay, positionally sanctified. Positionally. Positionally. Okay, so what I want us to do is we're all going to turn to these. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse number 2. And we're going to see how the, that we can see that we are positionally, as a justified person, sanctified. Okay? So, to the church of God, verse 2 of 1 Corinthians, to the church of God, which is in Corinth, to those who have been 
sanctified. So in my Bible, you can do what you want in yours, but in my Bible, I've circled, I've underlined this verse, but I've also circled the word been. Okay? To those who have been sanctified in in Christ Jesus, saints. I've also uh, circled that word, saints, uh, by by calling who all and then it goes on. Okay, the word the 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 two word or the three words that I want us to understand in this chapter that are this book here gives us a clear understanding that when we are justified, the second we are justified, we are also fully positionally sanctified. Okay. This is a past tense verse. This is Paul speaking to the Colossians. And he says, those who have been, past tense, sanctified in Jesus or in Christ Jesus, saints by calling. The word saint and sanctified are synonymous. They're, they're, they're meaning of the same idea. So those that are believers in Christ are sanctified, and are saints, okay? Now, it's not saints like we would see, you know, where you're going to have a street named after you and all of that. All believers, those that have trusted Christ, are saints. Yes? It's on your, it's the first one under, uh, we are sanctified, uh, yeah, so 1 Corinthians 1, chapter 1, verse 2. Okay, so do we see how that, Joe, you look, you look confused. Am I confusing you? It is the position that we are given as a believer. So it's a, it's, um, a one time and it's a, it's a firm statement that we are sanctified in the sight of God. Okay, Set, the word sanctified means set apart. Set apart for a purpose. Okay, we are, we were formerly, we lived under the world system of sin, and now that we are justified, we're sanctified, and we're set apart or separate from that old lifestyle of sin and, and, and condemnation. Now we have been set apart unto Christ. Okay. That is the understanding of sanctification. So when you are justified in God's eyes, you are immediately sanctified in His eyes. As He sees, that is the gift given to us through justification. And sanctification is that we are immediately sanctified in His eyes. Okay, That is the position that we are given. Now, there's two aspects to sanctification. One of them, and we're going to read a couple more verses to, to do this, and then we'll talk about the second uh, one here in a, in, in a second. Okay, So just turn over a few pages here to chapter number 6. Chapter number 6. Okay, Someone read verses 9 through 11. Chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Okay, so verse 11 is our key verse there. What are the words that we should circle in that text? Were, okay? And such were, okay, formerly, some, and such were some of you. So some of you were in this, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, and but you were justified. All of these are positional, uh, legal kind of statements given to us. This is the position we have because of being justified. Okay, we are sanctified in God's sight, set apart. Okay, this is the position that we have been granted. Is that making sense to everyone? How that, how that, how we understand the gift of sanctification on uh, as far as the position goes. Okay, 
We, we do nothing to earn our sanctification. We do not, it's a given to us just as justification is. You are set apart uh, for His purpose, and you are sanctified. Okay? And then just one book over, okay, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Okay, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things passed away, and behold, uh, new things have come. Okay, and this doesn't use the word uh, sanctification, but it gives the, the idea that uh, the, uh, anyone that is in Christ, he is a what? New creature the same idea sanctified set apart you are different okay you can know and uh, what i want you to understand is the verses that we just read can we sin so that grace may abound no we are dead to sin all of these verses tie into that section of chapter 6 1 and 2 talking about we can't just live in sin in this verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new preacher. Old things. What is this old things talking about? Our old sinful nature. Our old lifestyle. The way we used to live, that's passed away. Behold, new things have come. Okay, Our newness in Christ. And this has a twofold uh, section in it. The first part is talking about our position. We are new creatures. This is a positional statement. We are sanctified. And then the end is talking about uh, that we um, are going to grow and new things are come. Uh, we are going to grow in our, our sanctification. Okay, And so, do we understand um, in, in the, do we understand what I mean by positional here? In, in with these verses that we are given a position of sanctification in the sight of God. Does that make sense? What's that? Yeah, we're justified, we're sanctified. They are two different, completely different things. Okay, justification is not sanctification, and sanctification is not justification. They are not the same thing. They are completely different. But when you, and you must be justified to be sanctified. You cannot be sanctified and not be justified. Okay? You must have justification. And that is why Paul uh, starts with justification, right? He starts with sin, where we all are. Then he goes to justification. Then he talks about sanctification. And, and we are positionally dead. Uh, to the old sinful nature and, and alive to Christ, and that's what he'll be talking about. Okay. So, any other questions, or uh, can I make that any clearer to us as far as that we are justified by faith alone, and because of our justification, we are sanctified in the sight of God. Yeah, we're, we are positionally, it's the same idea as a one-time act. Justification uh, is a one-time act, and we are justified uh, as if we had never sinned. It is a position uh, if within Christ that we are seen in. Okay, this, this is our status, maybe, as you want to say, before God, is we are justified, okay, given something, and we're going to talk about this here more as we get into the second section. But our position or our status uh, in, in, in front of God is sanctified. Okay? We are set apart fully, um, righteous uh, in the sight of God. So when God sees us because of justification, He sees us as sanctified people. Otherwise, we would be under condemnation still because we still sin. And so God sees the covering of the blood of Christ over our life. And that is through justification and sanctification. Yes, sir. Yes, God sees us in 
our uh, righteous state. Okay, because God... Yeah. As holy. That's why, yeah, there's two aspects. Yeah, that is our position. That is where we stand before God as sanctified fully. Yeah, and they're the same. They're, they, they, it's not like you get justified and then five years later uh, you've earned your sanctification and that's given to you. When you were justified, you were sanctified. It's at the same synonymous time. It's, it's synonymous together. Those two, they're different. They have different functions. They have different thoughts. But they happen at the same time. Did you have a question, Joe? Oh, Joe had one. Yeah. Well, that's what it talks about here in verse 17, right? You are a new creature. How can you not know? Now, some people say, well, you know, in the year of 1983, I was saved. Well, and that's fine. I don't expect you to know the time and date. I grew up in a uh, belief system where uh, that was uber important. And if you didn't have it written in your Bible, the actual day you were saved and maybe possibly even the time, uh, there's a good chance you weren't. And so I have it kind of burned into my memory uh, the day that I believe I accepted Christ or that He um, led me that direction, but uh, the more I've grown in the, in, in the Lord and seen, uh, there doesn't have to be that actual day you know, uh, because God works different ways in different people's lives, but you should know something happened different, because you have been in death and in and bondage to sin, and now you've been brought anew, and you've been given a new nature, you've been born again, uh, as, as John would say to Nicodemus, you've been born, you must be born again. This is not something that, um, uh, as one theologian says, you're not, it's not just paperwork in heaven, you know, stamp justified, move on, stamp justified, move on, stamp, no, it, this is a major event, I would say the most major event in your life, Okay. Marriage is a major event. Having children is a major event. Uh, all of these things. Your justification, your salvation, is the most major event in your life. Okay? So, we are sanctified, or we are justified, we are sanctified. That is what is given to us. Okay? Um, and everyone is on equal grounds in this. Okay, everyone is on equal grounds with justification. No one is more justified than someone else. No one in the positional sanctification is more sanctified than someone else. We are all equal in the sight of God in our positional sanctification. Does that make? Am I understood there? Okay, because there is a very good. There's a big distinction between the two sanctifications that we're going to talk about. Okay. You, were you going to say something? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, because if we, we were to boast in our sanctification, then what? It would nullify chapter 4 of Romans, where we have something to boast in. Okay? All right. So, everybody on the same page in that section? Good. Okay? Second section. We are sanctified progressively progressively p r o g r e s s i v e l y okay progressively now there's several sections several verses in this section so let's go ahead and turn to them philippians 1:6 Okay, we make you Bible students today. You got to know where your, your stuff is at. No cheating and going ahead, all right? Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. What does this say? 
Okay, so this is speaking to a a growing in our sanctification because he is going to perfect it. For he that begun a good work, well, that's at salvation. Our justification happened. You were positionally given sanctification. Then he begins a good work in you and will perfect it until. Now, what's important about this section uh, of our understanding of sanctification. What do you think is a a very key, important word here uh, in this section? He. Okay? When it says um, that He who began a good work in you Will, that will refers back to He, which is Jesus, will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So this understanding that our sanctification, our living out our Christian life, our pursuit to holiness, our pursuit towards Christ, is based upon Christ doing it through us. So often we see our sanctification life as uh, this is something God justifies us, God sanctifies us, and then it's up to us to live a holy life. Well, that would not follow in line with how this all works with God. God is the one that wills and does every part of our Christian life. He does our saving, He does our keeping, He does our sanctifying, and He does our, our progressive sanctification. He is a major part in, in, in pushing us to uh, holiness and pushing us to Christ. All right? Right. Yeah, Christ didn't start the race and run around and hand you justification and positional sanctification, and then you got to run the rest of the race trying to live out the Christian life. Okay? That's not how this works. God gives us what we call a helper, and we'll, and we'll look into that some more. Okay? But these are, these are important building foundation verses that talk about He is the one that will perfect it, not us. Okay? We'll screw it up every time. If we were left to our own sanctification, what are the two results that are going to happen? First, we're going to screw it up. And if we did, by chance, do some good things, what are we going to do in it? We're going to boast. Both of those are negative ideas towards what we have been studying. So, now... Don't get me wrong and don't get ahead of me. Okay, I'm going to do what Paul just did. Don't, I'm going to give you the question. Don't get ahead of me and say, well, then we can just, it's all up to Christ. We can live how we want. Okay, no, I'm going to answer that question now. That is not what I'm saying. And we're going to talk about how the human life has responsibility in sanctification. But I want us to know that Christ is the one who sanctifies us positionally, and he's the one that also sanctifies us uh, in uh, our progressive sanctification. He helps us grow. Now, I made this statement, we are all equal uh, in positional sanctification. No one is more sanctified than someone else. Progressive sanctification is a completely different uh, idea. There are varying levels of sanctification when it comes to the human's life of sanctification, our progressive growth to holiness. Okay, there's, you know, there are different levels of where people are in our spiritual growth, as you might say. Yes, okay, I would be one, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we see that throughout the entirety of Scripture. All right? No one is the same. No one is, you know, another theologian that I, that I absolutely love to read and so on um, made the statement, which I believe, if we were to humanistically categorize the most spiritual human outside of Christ, 
that we have ever read about, who would we say that would be? Paul, right? I mean, Paul wrote 13 books of the Bible. I mean, you could just see the life of Paul. This is the Christian of Christians, right? This is the man that said, if we could say, I would love to, to be this man because of his love for God and his total sold out for the cause of Christ, it would be Paul above anyone else that we've ever read on. That would be a, a, probably a pretty true statement. And what does Paul say? I struggle doing the things I shouldn't do. Right? I struggle doing the things I shouldn't do. I, the things I don't want to do, I do them. And the things that I should, I don't. And this is coming from what we would arguably say is the most spiritual, God-honoring man that we've ever seen, Scripture or otherwise. Okay? And so, sanctification varies between Christians, and we'll talk about that as we go, okay? All right, so let's move to the next one, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. You guys are already there, good, all right? 3 through 5, someone want to read verses 3 through 5, For Okay, actually, the whole section is great. So, um, hmm. let's just do this. Let's read verses 1 through 8. Okay? Verses 1 through 8 kind of gives us the full thought process. Uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Jessica, you want to read that? Okay, so there's a lot obviously going on here. But Paul, and, and the reason I chose these verses, there's a lot of verses on sanctification. The reason I chose these sections of verses is because it ties back into Romans uh, 6, 1 and 2. Do you see that? What is Paul saying in here about the sanctification? What, what are some key points of this passage uh, that Paul is pointing out? Will of God. And that we should abstain from what? Sin. Variety. And he names a variety of different sins. So if Paul was teaching in chapter 5, 21, or 20 and 21, that you should just sin more so that grace would increase more, then why would he write in Thessalonians that you should abstain from this? And you know, obviously he answers that in verses 1 and 2. But this gives us more understanding of we are to be sanctified, set apart. We are to live a righteous, holy life uh, through the help of God. Um, and we are not to uh, be tied to the world and to sin. We are not to defraud our brother. We are not to live in uh, lawless passions as the Gentiles do. And the word Gentile there is synonymous with unbeliever or those that have not trusted Christ. And that, a, that no man transgress and uh, defraud his brother in the matter because the Lord is the avenger. Okay, So he, he covers all kinds of stuff. And then verse 7 for God has not called us to, or called us for the purpose of what? Impurity, okay? But to sanctification. So there's obviously a difference in the Christian's life as we grow. We are to become more like Christ. We are to be set apart and growing in that. Now Christians grow at different rates. Okay, this is something, obviously Paul has to write this because Christians need to know you have a responsibility to obey what is written. Although the Spirit works with inside of us to give us the strength to obey and the will to obey, we still as humans have the responsibility to obey what Christ is, or what Christ is saying through Paul here is that we are to abstain from the wicked world and, and progress in our sanctification, grow in our sanctification. We cannot just live uh, as, as Jeremy spoke, uh, I believe it was last week or the week before, about um, 
uh, what was the statement he made um, about sin? We are um, carnal sinners. Okay, our carnal, carnal Christians, sorry. We, this, this idea of a carnal Christian is you just can live under sin and everything will be fine because of grace is totally debunked uh, by how Paul describes uh, our former life. And we shouldn't live that way. We should live to sanctification, which is bringing us to holiness. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, we're growing in that, the growing in the grace and the knowledge, right? That's another statement from Paul. We need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? So, again, it ties back to Romans 6, 1 and 2, talking about we shouldn't be involved in these kinds of sins. We should not sin so the grace can abound more. That's, that is so far from what Scripture would teach. Okay. All right. First John. First John one verses five through ten. Okay. Where Where are you at? No. One chapter one verse five through ten. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I didn't think I got that far off. <laughs> it's a good section of verses, though. <laughs> yep. Yes. Okay, there is there's like a lot going on in this section. Um, I preached through First John uh, several years ago, and I studied uh, John MacArthur as I was going through it. Uh, John MacArthur preached nine messages on these ten verses. Okay, it, it is so rich. There's so now I'm not sure that I could squeeze nine messages out of it, but he he did, and, and it was good. Uh, but there is so much going on here. But for the sake of time, I just want us to, to point out. Um, uh, but if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship. Okay, Though, and, and throughout this is saying if you don't walk and, and you won't, if you walk in darkness, okay, this is walking in sin, and this is a life pattern, a lifestyle. We, uh, you lie, and uh, the truth isn't in you. Okay, you're not a believer, is is what it's saying. If you walk in darkness, okay, in bondage to darkness, that's the idea given here. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed us, justified us, sanctified us from all of our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And so the other idea of that is being carried out here is that when we become saved, we no longer sin. Sin is no longer a part of our life. We have just graduated into holy living immediately. Uh, and he is saying, you have deceived yourself and the truth isn't in you. Okay, but in verse 9 he says, if we confess our sins, okay, this is continuing in our progression of sanctification. He is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins, okay, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now this is understanding that who does he forgive from sins? Does he forgive the lost of their sin? Through justification does, but if you're a believer, does he forgive the, does he does he forgive the unbeliever of his sin? If he repents and calls, okay, but if he if he if he's if his status is still unbeliever, will he forgive him of his sin? No. He only forgives those that have uh, um, have trusted and have faith in him. Okay? 
If we say that we have no sin, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. So John is just clarifying that even though we are saved, we are sanctified, we are set apart, we are still going to sin. And don't be confused on that point. We still are going to sin, uh, but we need to walk in His light. Walk after Him. Okay? So, I thought this was important to bring out that we, uh, although we are going to still sin, we are called to walk in a holy light. But understand, we will still sin. We are sanctified positionally, which is righteous in the sight of God. But as we grow in progressive sanctification, we're going to fail. We're going to fall back. Okay, and I'm going to hopefully get here. And I might have to touch on this, and I probably will next week some more. All right, and we're not, we're not moving as quick as I was hoping. Okay, uh, Philippians. Let's go, go there quickly so we can at least read these uh, and understand them. Philippians 2. Okay, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now as much more in my absence, walk, work, sorry, out your salvation with fear and trembling. For this is the, for this is God who is to, who is at work in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Okay, Work out your salvation. This is not a works-based salvation uh, concept here. This is speaking to sanctification. We are to work it out in fear and trembling. We are to understand our purpose on earth after justification is to go towards Christ, to walk towards Him, to, to, um, to live in accordance as Scripture would have us walk and live. So walking in means we're walking in His truth, we're walking in His revelation, so that we can become more uh, like Him. Okay? Yes, it is God's work in our life. It is not, it is not us. And this is only going to be done through the believer. Okay, Galatians 5, 16 uh, through 26. We won't read the whole uh, passage. But this talks about, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh hates, uh, is set its desires against the Spirit. All right. Actually, you know what? This is too important of a section. We are, I'm going to tie this in with next week's, okay? This section is way too important to hit in overtime, because that's what I'm at. All right, so uh, we're going to pick up maybe Galatians and Peter next week, and then we'll finish, or we'll get into verses uh, 3 through 7, okay? So uh, buckle up. This is good stuff. This is exciting. This is necessary. Uh, and it's very important uh, key knowledge for the believer. Okay? All right, Lord, thank you so much for your word. How rich it is that we can't even get through it in an hour, uh, Lord. And, and how you uh, just fill your word with so much for us, so much wisdom. And Lord, we just thank you for that. Pray that we would uh, live in a life that is according to you today, in your name, and the rest of our lives. Amen. <laughs> Not just today.